You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. This episode is made possible by Oklahoma Medicine. We really enjoyed the lavender and eucalyptus topical one-to-one salves, and they are such a staple product for us. I literally use their staff for everything, like my lower back, bug bites, shoulder pain, rashes, and so many other things. My favorite use for the salve is for my feet on a really long work day. And having my massage therapist rub it into my sore shoulders. That sounds so bomb, Sob. If you guys haven't tried their salve, we highly recommend it. There's more than one use for it and the tub literally lasts forever. Retweet! Now, let's get back to the episode. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Doreen Brown, who was a huge part in the film called The Marijuana Conspiracy. Let us give you a little background to start with. In 1972, five young women were looking for a fresh start in life and decided to become a part of a radical experiment studying the effects of marijuana on women. Despite the agendas of the government, they used their unique strengths and friendship to overcome adversity. And the reason this film happened was because of Doreen Brown, who was one of the real life women that this film is based upon. And so with that being said, years after the experiment ended, she shared her no- her little known story with the world, which led to the Toronto Star opening an investigation to find the results of this strange experiment, which are still unknown. But today, Doreen's here to talk with us more. So guys, please welcome Miss Doreen Brown to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Doreen. Hi, we're, we're so happy to have you here with us. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your story. So let's just dive right oh, in. Thank you. Um, first sure. off, we would like to say that this film was very beautifully done and so cr- like well curated. It was very engaging, had so much color or not color, well, color as well, but culture, um, stigmas and true grit of these women. So tell us your personal journey with cannabis, where it began leading up to this experiment. Okay. Well, I did uh, use marijuana, not a lot, but I I did use it prior to that experiment. And actually, that was one of the conditions to get into the experiment. You had to smoke marijuana. So, um, yeah, I applied. I was kind of aimless at the time, living in downtown Toronto. Wasn't too happy. Um, I just thought when I heard about it, great, sounds like a great idea, and I go for it. I didn't really give it much thought at all, but my job went into this experiment, and um, I didn't really know a lot about it. None of us did. It was advertised on a a local radio station in Toronto, and um, they had picked 20 women. We had to go through all kinds of tests, physical, psychological and um, they picked 20 women out of 1,000, and um, we, we got there one night. It was in a hospital corridor at the Addiction Research Foundation, and um, we all met each other. 20 of us had dinner together. It was really weird knowing that for 98 days, we were going to be locked up. We couldn't see anyone we knew. We couldn't have any phone calls. And after maybe a couple of days, we were divided into uh, two groups, a group of 10 each. 
and I got on the side that had to smoke marijuana every night, and the 10 other women uh, didn't smoke. However, they could buy weed uh, when they wanted to. I think it was 50 cents a joint, Mm -hmm. but it was nothing like the weed that we were smoking on our side. Okay. So I don't know how much more you want. Yeah. Well, no, so tell us, oh, sorry. So tell us really quick why they, why they split the two and like, I, I guess I don't understand why they split two and one of you guys smoked and the other ones didn't. Right. They did that. Um, that we did a lot of physical tests. Like every day we had, almost every day we had blood tests taken, urine, I mean, blood pressure, uh, psychological testing. So they, they were looking at some of the physical effects. But the primary reason they had this experiment, they wanted to measure uh, productivity in smoking weed. And the productivity was, uh, the method was, we had to weave belts for money. And we got $2.50 for every belt we weave. And what they were comparing uh, us to was the other side weren't smoking or maybe occasionally and to see the productivity and they were quite surprised because the smoking side actually were very productive i wasn't but a few women were and the stronger uh what they did was they increased the uh, thc content Mm -hmm. Uh, it was grown by the canadian government so they increased it and um, much to their surprise and dismay, there were still people highly producing these belts, even when we were super, super stoned. Wow. And they brought them to you every night at, I think it was 8 o'clock, in the lounge. They brought them to you two joints on like a restaurant tray mm-hmm. that you get your check mm-hmm. on. And uh, you couldn't pass them around. They even looked at the, the roach make sure you smoked it right down and uh, you couldn't even get out of doing that either or you had to have a doctor's note or see the train no it was wild it was surreal so no one's going to yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have we have a few questions um, we're, like that'll lead sure. into that more too. So in the movie during, I really enjoyed all the women with totally different backgrounds that came together to be a part of the quote unquote smoking group. What was it like to be yep. in the seventies, hopeful to be a part of something that would change your life and be experimented on? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Like initially, I did. Uh, initially, I mean, it was fun for me. It was an escape from working from uh, reality I was going through. So, you know, it was fun. I knew it was unique. I mean, we were one of 20 women in North America, right. even the world in an experiment like this. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't really I think of it at the time about being locked down totally where you couldn't see anyone you knew or have any phone calls. I didn't really even think about that. However, that did play a big role as well when we were in there after a while. But initially, we had fun. One of the women was a bartender. So we weaved belts the first week before we got two stoned. Mm-hmm. And we ordered uh, alcohol. We made the uh, hospital corridor into a hippie den because it was just one hospital corridor. Okay, We had them take away the bed frames and... Um, we had the mattresses on the floor. We ordered candles, incense, 
and it became a real hippie thing. Wow. That's so cool. So did you, were you guys allowed to like order in the alcohol or something like that? Or did you just do it anyways? Oh, no, we were allowed. No, we were. Okay. We couldn't go out or anything, but we put in our orders and yeah, that, so that was another component. I don't know if they thought about, but yeah, sure. We had alcohol in there. Okay. So we were getting stoned in the beginning and drinking and having parties. Yeah, it that's crazy. Rock, that's, rock <laughs> that's so interesting, though, to like that they, you know, that they were like so strict in so many different ways, but they allowed you to like do call and orders like that with like, you know, how would that have, you know, maybe gone hand in hand with someone's like marijuana use, you know, or how could it have affected that? Right. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. That's, uh, yeah. That's interesting. It didn't really die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were you were definitely having fun with this. You were going to ask questions, but from an outsider's perspective, <laughs> oh, and no. like reading the strictness and everything you went through, it was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of cool. Like we were smoking joints, and we thought, well, you know, it's not legal, but here we are. If yeah. We, can, we could buy it whenever we wanted to. So that was like a novelty at first as well. Wow, that's like, crazy. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you said um, you guys went, obviously couldn't, you know, have any contact with people or talk to people. So for you at the beginning, you said that you enjoyed it because you were trying to escape. But what what did it eventually lead up to? And do you think it affected your mental health or do you think it, you know, helped shut out those distractions and expectations from the outside world? Um, in the beginning, it was, I guess, more of a distraction. It was something new. We were having fun. Um, and I went in there with the, uh, uh, idea of, oh, I'm going to find myself in there. My mother actually died when I was 14. So it was, you know, feelings that, uh, you really didn't express at that time, the grief. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it is now. And so I was dealing with that in a job that I didn't like. I just really did not like my life at that time. So I thought, okay, maybe I can get some perspective. But uh, it didn't really turn out that way for me, <laughs> especially when they started increasing the marijuana. I started realizing, well, the uh, the old cliche thing, you take yourself with you wherever you go. And it, it didn't really solve anything for me mm-hmm. as far as that went. Okay. So I, with a follow-up question, you said as they started increasing the marijuana, do you think that um, – do you, do you feel like that it was – it might have been laced with something or, you know, that it wasn't necessarily fully, can- like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, no, I don't think it was laced with anything. I like, I know it was grown in Ottawa and I know that that the THC content did increase. I really don't think it was laced with anything else. I really don't. And I think, you know, with the marijuana getting stronger and stronger, also the conditions that we were in being, I mean, totally isolated and locked down. Uh, I think that compounded each other, like it had an effect on each other. And it probably, for me, wasn't all the marijuana um, that increased. I think it also had to do with that isolation as well. There were two factors there. All right, guys, let's take a second to talk about the flower we've been smoking on recently from Charlie's Cannabis that's grown here in Oklahoma. Saab, tell us what you think. The Chemical Sunset and Star Pebbles has been such a delight. 
from breaking it down, rolling it up and smoking it. It's all been a really great experience. I hands down would totally have to agree with that. They have both been really great, happy headspace type highs that I've really been enjoying. I could not agree more, Bran. They'll be at the SESH July 17th. So be sure to grab a ticket and stop by and see what they're all about. Now let's get back to today's episode. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah, that is really interesting because I was wondering like whenever, you know, it's not legal there and you guys were getting to do that. And it said that in that, in that article that, um, you guys had originally sent us in our email that it said the marijuana was provided by the government, like on a farm that they had where they produce like 300 different types plus. And it's, it's just so interesting, you know, that of course the government has control over that. And then, so it, it just, you know, makes you wonder like, what goes on with all that when it's not legal to anybody else, but then they're giving it to you guys to experiment right. with. And so I can see how like Saba saying the lace thing, you know, it's just kind of like the government, right. do you trust yeah. it? Well, like, Anna's, how do you, and it's well, saying- <laughs> you got a point there. That's true. Yeah. And you're yeah. saying it's super potent. So I'm like, well, how do they like, how do they, how are they, you know, who's growing it for them? Yeah. Like all so many questions come to my mind, which is why I asked if it was like, you, if yeah. you thought it was laced with something. Yeah. Just side notes. <laughs> Megan, this is all very intriguing to us. Um, okay. So there, I loved, there was a scene during that was with the girl sitting by the fire and her mom comes in talking about like how well her arthritis medication's oh, yeah. working. And like, <laughs> she feels so good. And when like, really she ate some of her daughter's pot brownies and it was just such a pivotal yeah. bonding moment between the mother and daughter connecting and laughing over marijuana what inspired you guys to create such a relatable experiment that we got to relate over like now and in the 70s yeah sorry i didn't get the question sorry but it wasn't a hilarious scene though yeah yeah, no, yeah, I was Sorry, just saying, I didn't I, get that question, that's so. okay, no problem. I was just kind of explaining, like, to anyone listening to, like, that scene who hadn't seen it yet, uh, but, like, the bonding between, like, the mother and daughter from that, it was cool. I feel like throughout this film, there was, like, multiple occasions where there was, like, bonding moments between different kinds of people, you know? Were those, I think what Brandon's trying to say is, was that an actual story that came from somebody? That, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. The characters, I mean, there were 10 of us in the movie. There were five. And I think there were bits and pieces of all of us in different characters. Gotcha. I really related to one character, but I saw myself in another character. When the the, the woman that uh, came out of that wall box, mm-hmm. where, that was a different character. But I did that. I actually did that. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, the way he did the characters, it was it was great. But from the women I knew in there, yeah, I could see different parts of them in different characters as well. Yeah. So with that being said, it was really cool to see all the women bond and watch each other grow and change with their friendships while consuming marijuana. Will you describe just what the bonding experience was like and are you still in touch with any of these women? Um, no, I am in touch with one uh woman now uh, 49 years later wow. she actually was on the non-smoking side oh, wow. and just a few days in the beginning you know I kind of bonded with her and then uh, at the end they opened the door so I think it was the last two days and and bonded with her and but the women on my side it was very hard for me to get out of there believe it or not and I know it was hard for a lot of women to get out of there that were on the spoken side. 
it was kind of scary. Uh, I was paranoid to go on a subway. I'm an extrovert, but I couldn't be in a room with a lot of people for a long time. Wow. And a few of us from the smoking side uh, saw each other all the time for, I think, probably a month after we got out. And then we just all went our separate ways. So how did that work to like, you guys had been like smoking for, you know, 98 days or however long that experiment was to like, just going out into the world. Like, did you have access to it again? Sorry, access. Did you have access? So it was like illegal there, but you guys were part of an experiment. Like, I guess just the transitioning or like withdraw. Yeah, there, there was probably some of that. Um, probably I think more for me more of it was the isolation like that intense lockdown yeah that's a big one coming out into the world it was it was probably like being incarcerated or yeah something. and that for me was really hard to actually get out there and then of course you have the I had the worry I had to find a job get a place to live and all that stuff as well yeah. So but, speaking mm-hmm. of being like released from that, do you remember what it was like feeling when you walked out of that experiment? Like, were you meant, like, where were you mentally and what was your next move after like being done there? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get out, but when I got out and I remember um, going through the doors and I thought, wow, like air, like I'm looking around like, wow, this is amazing. But it was scary too. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're in this cocoon for 98 days, and mm-hmm. then you're out. And But the worry struck me almost right away. Okay, I was staying with a friend. I got to find a place to live. I got to get a job. And I started freaking out then. Yeah. You know, the reality really hit me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to get out and just, like, see flowers or, yeah, you know, people walking around, it was pretty cool, you know? It was like, wow, back in society. Yeah, I was away. Where was I? (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine. What? So so surreal. That yeah, very surreal. I know. I feel like it's you're just like confined in one room for a long time, and I can only imagine how that would kind of drive you a little bit insane. And then you Mm -hmm. go into public, and you're like, "Who are all these aliens walking around? I don't know who any of these humans are." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I stood out like a sore thumb, you know, and everyone's looking at me. I guess, yeah, the paranoia, everything. Yeah. Really, really weird. Saab, let's take a minute real quick to break and talk about concentrates. We know they can be overwhelming. And how do you tell the difference between diamonds, batter, live rosin, and all the things? Totally know what you're saying, Bran. We have been branching out and trying new brands and new consistencies of concentrates. And lately, we've been dabbing on the Tens brand diamonds. Yes. And I have to say, everyone has a consistency they prefer and what sits best with their body. And the Tens brand gives you options between batter, high-quality diamonds, and live resin cards if dabbing really isn't your thing. So go find them on Weed Maps and Instagram and also check out their dispensary for anyone listening from or if you find yourself in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Now, guys, let's dive back into our episode. So what a time it was for you to be a part of, you know, an experiment like that at such a young age when you were, do you know if they ever found results from the group? Did they share anything with you guys? And do you, have you ever since then spoken to any of the nurses or doctors or any of the people involved with the study? No, no, I tried over the years. Like I was in some conservative jobs. I went to university after and 
I didn't really mention it to a lot of people. I did to friends about this experiment, and no one really knew about it. But I go back to uh, the Addiction Research Foundation and try because we were promised results. And honestly, we were stonewalled. It was like it never even happened. Wow. You, know, you start thinking, wait, did I really do this? Yeah, like, yeah. did I dream no. this? Am I just in another world? Right. Yeah. 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 But no, over the years, I I tried, and I know someone else tried, and we were, it was just like it never existed. Like, why was that so and hard, though? I, pardon? Why was that so hard for them to... Like how I I believe it was political. I mm. I really think mm. that they were hoping that productivity when you're smoking weed would go down. You mm-hmm. become lazy, blah blah blah. And it didn't prove that. And that I do believe it was political. It would have gone probably towards, you know, the possibility of legalizing marijuana. Yeah. yeah. They didn't get the results they wanted and they hid them, burnt them, whatever. Wow, that gave me full body and, chills. And That's crazy. I know. And then about, I guess it was about seven years ago, I, I was up really late one night and I thought, I'm going to write, uh, you know, a couple of uh, little articles and send them off to the media mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe try it again. And then Diana from the Toronto Star called me probably 10 hours after that. And I met with her the next day. She took on the story. She did a fantastic job. And then Craig Price, that did the movie, saw that article and thought, you know, at some point when he has the time, he wanted to do an independent movie on it. So it's weird how everything kind of came together. Your stars aligned. That's so, that's really beautiful how it all just has come together for you and just how life works. It's crazy. So do you... Do you still consume or do you consume at all now? No, that's funny. In 49 years, I've, I've probably had a coke here or there. You know, I have a lot of friends that smoke. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I might have smoked the equivalent of, you know, maybe one joint or two in all these years. Wow. Tried a couple of gummies and, yeah, yeah, I really don't. And, you know, a lot of people I know do smoke, but it doesn't appeal to me. It, it, it was just because every night at a certain time, and, and you're forced, you know, and you can't pass it around. I mean, it's just an unreal situation. Yeah. I got sick of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of like a little bit of PTSD would happen from yeah, that. Yeah, it was you, forced. Too. Yeah, it was very much so forced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's... Oh, it doesn't, nah, it just doesn't feel to me. I'm, I'm glad it's legalized here great that it is and um you know i thought it should have been before i went in the experiment yeah i really believed it should have been legalized so i'm happy about that anyway absolutely and i'm assuming you're calling us you're calling us from canada today right yeah okay cool just wanted to make sure so um Tell us this, in today's world, what is something you would, from, I mean, everything that you went through, what's something that you would like people to know about cannabis? Because we often hear so many stigmas revolving, you know, smoking weed, you're unproductive, you're lazy, you're not going anywhere in life. What's something that you would like people to know regarding that? Um, I don't believe that at all. Like, no, I don't believe it. And I, like, I have a lot of good friends and I, I just turned 71. I have some friends that have been smoking for at least 50 years, at least, if not longer. 
And they go to work. A couple of them are retired now. But they're working. They've worked overtime. Like, it never affected them in that way. I have a good friend now who's uh, quite a bit younger. And, I mean, he, he's a worker, and he spoke every day. And I, so I really don't think so. I think it depends on the person. I do. That's very but true. From what I've seen and myself, I, I really... I don't. I really don't think that it does affect that. I think it does depend on the person. Yeah, everyone's always different. We're all made up differently, but that's so true. Right, and we are for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, well, Doreen, I believe this wraps up our time spent with you today, and we just want to thank you so much for chatting with us and sharing your experiment, experiment, and experience and just journey. It was yeah. such a treat. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you both as well. Yes, Doreen, can you, talking to you? Yeah, where can people mm-hmm. find um, the marijuana conspiracy movie to watch it? Because it's definitely something I don't think anybody should miss. Okay, it's um, now I know in Canada it's on demand channels. Like, do you have on demand there? You're in the States, right? Yes. yes. And it's also on digital platforms. So I think if you just Google that movie and you'll probably find links of how to get on it there. Cause I know you can see it in the U S. So. Okay. Perfect. Well, we will find, oh, sorry, we will, yeah. go ahead. I just wanted to chime in. Yeah. It's available on all like VOD and then um, digital platforms like iTunes and prime video. Right. Perfect. Wonderful. Oh yeah. iTunes. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, well, great. thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you being on Doreen and sharing your story with us. It's, this is one that we have not heard yet before. So it was really cool to be a part of your journey and hear all about it and have our listeners listen. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you both as well. Well, guys, okay, take care. Yes. Guys, stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.